You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well hey there everybody, it's me, Joe Thrash and Kill You're listening to another thrilling episode of the To World of Hell Radio Show Joined today by the good and golden boy The internet sweetheart You know him, you love him He's 365 Days of Horror, or as I like to call him, Jordan Jordan, how are you? I'm good, how are you, Joe? I'm beat I'm fucking beat, man. And also, like, we just recorded the show. What the fuck? Why are we recording another one right now? No, no, you have to sell the illusion. We're recording this at our normal time, and we're up to the date on all the things that are happening in the world, and we're giving it to people as it's happening. Exactly. We're, def- we're definitely not recording this way in advance because we have things to do. Yeah. Fucking making me work over the weekend. It's not fair. The weekend is for recording podcasts and watching football uh and i guess there are other things that you could conceivably do on a weekend but i don't typically do any of those other things do you well i have a feeling that at least one of your patients will probably be watching at least one football game on their phone as you try to save their life i don't know man like uh people love to like despite you know having like a hundred channels available in almost every one of these rooms people love watching uh, like Fox News or like the um, what, televangelist channels, whichever one those those are. Like they can't get enough of like maxing out the volume on some piece of shit. Like you need to send me $5 right now and I will answer every one of your dreams through the Lord. I'm dying of sepsis, but I will give Creflo Dollar the rest of my money. They love doing it. They absolutely love it. Can't get enough of it. Uh, but no... Uh, We'll suspend uh, kayfabe for a minute here. We are recording the show a bit in advance, so we're going back to the well for one of the many topics that we've really been re- re- recurring on this year. I mean, what what themes have we hit so far? Just in general? Yeah. Uh, bad people in heavy metal, bad well, fans in heavy sure, metal. Uh, well, yeah, that's generally, but like more specifically. Uh, Christianity in heavy metal? Yeah, that's a big one. We've done lots of fantasy label ball. Uh, if you aren't familiar with those episodes, you should probably subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash toilet of hell, uh, where you can catch up on all of the latest episodes of fantasy label ball, the game of hostile takeovers and uh, absolutely brutal uh, executions of bands we don't like. <laughs> uh, in, in addition to that, what, what else have we been doing? Uh, well, coming up in the next couple of weeks, we're doing our October Spooktaculars, where we're going to be watching horror movies with different guests and reviewing them, talking about them, maybe talking a little heavy metal while we're at it. So for like the next four to five weeks, bands are not allowed to do anything. Nothing yes. crazy, nothing funny. Be cool for a month. Please. Um, and and, and uh, other than that, though, what what else? What's another big theme? I don't know. I know you're trying to segue into something, but you just do it. God, we've been reading through these old fucking metal magazines, you and me, uh, on and off for months now. You know, we've got a stack of Kerrang's Yay High uh, going back to 1908 or so. And uh, occasionally we, uh, we dig through these, bring some of the choices content we find to this particular podcast. Yes, we do. Does it ring a fucking bell? <laughs> well, it's been a while since we've done these. Fair. I guess it's been fair. Um, specifically, uh, something I am always delighted by in these old metal magazines 
is the classifieds. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I guess in general, I'm, I'm kind of thrilled by classifieds. Uh, I was a kid uh, reading through the newspaper. I loved reading through those. Uh, and then, of course, when the internet came to fruition, uh, Craigslist was, and uh, to a lesser degree now, still one of my favorite websites on the internet. It's been a long time since I've perused through the misconnection section, hoping to see someone talking about me. I uh, I used to do it religiously. I, I saw myself in it once, actually. <laughs> um, uh, kind of a weird, weird circumstance, I would say. <laughs> Were you flattered or horrified? Uh, boy, it wasn't really that nice, to be honest with you. <laughs> Was it like to the funny looking guy in the Ford F-150 outside the Circle K? So it was uh, from a girl that I was really into. <laughs> uh, I was I was really into this girl, and uh, you know we we went out for a bit, and then she just kind of stopped uh, answering the phone, like didn't really want anything to do with me. Um, so I started dating her sorority sister, and that was <laughs> uh, that was the wrong thing to do, I guess. So basically, it was the equivalent of a fatwa and a misconnection. <laughs> oh, so it was a mean misconnection. It wasn't like, "Baby, I miss you." It was, uh, it was, it was nasty. Thing. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. She was not not thrilled with thr- not thrilled with me on that one. So, <clears throat> well, she had her chance, yeah. and she missed that on a slice of Joe cake. Exactly. You should have put a ring on it or whatever. Uh, but these, these things in particular, you know, this is of a different era. This is a sight unseen, uh, throwing a, a, a note into a bottle across the sea in many cases, uh, hoping against all hopes that you'll find a connection with another metalhead somewhere on this wild planet of ours, or maybe join a band or maybe unload some bootleg teas. <laughs> Uh, I can't get enough of it. How about you? Yeah, it's a fun little snapshot in time to seeing what people like, what people are looking for. A lot of these are like fairly innocent. Like I live in a small town in rural Idaho and I love Metallica. Please send me demos and tapes. Um, and I, I love that. Like, uh, occasionally you see people from like small little obscure countries. Like I want to meet fans, of these kinds of bands from these kinds of countries. It's like, oh, man, you probably don't have too many people uh, your own age that are into the shit you're into there, huh? And it was a more innocent time because if you did something like that on the internet now, you'd get all sorts of creeps bothering you. But back then you had to like write a letter and go to the post office and get a stamp, and that's just too much effort. Well, to be fair, I am sure that no shortage of these people got all kinds of creeps responding to them too. Uh, I don't think the number of creeps has gone down at all. <laughs> Perhaps the volume in actually receiving these things. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so, you know, uh, for this particular episode, I found myself going through back issues of Kerrang, Rock, Power, and Raw. Are you familiar with any of those? Kerrang? Yeah. Uh, I don't think think I know Raw, or perhaps not the Raw that you went through? <laughs> I think, the, I, honestly, I think the, what I went through was entirely UK mags. Uh, how about you? What did, what did you end up going through? Uh, some Hit Paraders, Kerrangs, Hot Metal Magazine. Ooh. Uh, just a, a whole bunch of others. Kick-Ass Magazine. There's all sorts of stuff out there, and 
Uh, I feel like the more obscure ones are you get some of the better stuff. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I found some great stuff going through here, not just you know the uh, the classifieds, which are all well and good to do it. You know, there's also a few features that I found that I really enjoyed. You know, we can get into as we go along, if that's okay with you. Yeah, I got a whole bunch of different things, whether it's uh, letters to the editor, some interesting interviews and quotes from bands, some advertisements that are pretty funny. So we can go through a whole bunch of stuff. Well, I mean, I guess take it away. Where do you want to start, man? Uh, Here's a letter to actually I don't know what magazine this is for, but print this letter or I'll shit everywhere. (laughs) That's right. I'll set my ass on wide-angle spray. Your mag is number one. All others are toilet paper. That ain't no shit. Am I being too anal? I'm 26 years old and have been listening to metal for a long fucking time. Hell, I remember when my big brother brought home Black Sabbath's Paranoid. I was still pissing in the bed. All kidding aside, guys, you do have an A1 magazine. I can see your magazine selling when I'm putting my teeth in jar and drinking prune juice. (laughs) Will you ever have a notebook binder to hold all of our copies of your mag? Can you do me a favor and print my address? I'd like to come in contact with heavy metal babes in San Antonio area. Oh, boy. I'm serious about that. Every chick I meet likes Madonna, Bon Jovi, and shit like that. I have never, I mean never met a real heavy metal babe. To be honest, girls, I'm into the occult and tattoos. Yes. I've been into the occult since about the age of eight. I don't drink, smoke, or take drugs. I don't know if that's a plus or minus. I like the outdoors and horror movies. I'm also interested in mysteries like Bigfoot, Atlantis, etc. I run every day. I like staying in shape. I'm not a dog-faced geek. So if there are any heavy metal babes that are willing to go out with a lonely guy, drop a line. Looks not important, but personality is. And that is from Steve Blankenship in Somerset, Texas. Oh, what do you think uh, 60-something Steve Blankenship is up to nowadays? If he's still alive? Yeah, if he's still alive. Uh, leaving comments on Blabbermouth articles. Yeah, I you know the the invention of like the comment section on websites was probably a game changer for this guy, right? It just opened a whole new world for him to be incredibly weird. Yeah, this is this guy's a born commenter. This is uh, which is different from a poster. <laughs> the commenter is an entirely different breed. <laughs> this is like man, for my money, nothing's better than Anvil on like an article about Slipknot. I fucking love that too. Um. Yeah, uh, I, I'm really tempted to uh, seek out on social media. Steve Blankenship is still out there, and more importantly, still rocking. Uh, I'd like to know that he's kept up the faith. You know, maybe this netted him a hot heavy metal babe, and he's still in Somerset. Maybe you could meet up at some point. Yeah, I don't know where uh, Somerset is. I would guess around San Antonio, but uh, I'll have to I'll have to look into this. Uh, Steve, if you're out there, go ahead and drop a comment. In the Discuss platform, I know that you have an account. Uh, Pretty good stuff overall, I would say. Uh, Let's see. Uh, A recurring thing that I have seen in the the, uh, classified section 
of all of these uh, magazines is starting around 1990, you can probably find this in most UK uh, personal sections, it just says, Pen Pal Mag for Lonely People. <laughs> uh, approval copy from Matchmaker in Chorley, Lancashire, uh, with the, all the number there. So if you are... Um, you know, specifically into pen pals and personals, we got to find these copies of Pen Pal Magazine and another one popped up a little later called Pen Friends. There really is a large amount of entertainment gold and just like general historical facts and quotes that you could find in these old magazines. So if like you still have them or like if you want, people sell lots on eBay or even your like local libraries may actually still have these magazines. So definitely, like if you have time, check them out just to see what things used to be like and maybe find some interesting long-forgotten facts that make for good podcasting. Absolutely. Well, right next to that actually is an ad for Sarah, a Romani tarot consultant. Now, this is from a magazine from 1991, so calling herself Romani versus the other word might be the most woke thing that's ever happened. <laughs> that's pretty progressive for 1991. Incredibly, yes. <laughs> um, let's see. Just in scrolling through um, this this issue of Raw that I had of open here from 1994... I was kind of uh, put off a little bit uh, by a headline I wasn't expecting when I was scrolling through to the classifieds. Uh, Danzig Race Wars Controversy. <laughs> uh, mm. I feel like Danzig Race Wars is a great name for a band that has not been, <laughs> been used yet. Or like a car-based apocalyptic video game on PlayStation 1. Oh, that would be even better, yeah. Like I can imagine a little Danzig is like an announcer. Like they, they're able to record up to five lines of dialogue with his real voice in this thing. Every time you hit another car with a missile, it goes, whoa. <laughs> or it's like uh, in Twisted Metal with Sweet Tooth instead of a big flaming clown head on top of an ice cream truck. It's just Danzig's head. Man, uh, yeah, th- this is a huge missed opportunity. G- Danzig should have been directly involved in all of those vehicular combat games of the late 90s. Danzig really missed out on the race war uh, <laughs> opportunities. <laughs> no, then s- instead he was focused on the entirely wrong race wars, if you ask me. Uh, he just listened to Carnivore a little too seriously. <laughs> Um, so what I have here is a raw issue 159 from 1994. It says racially sensitive song omitted from the U.S. Rockers new album. Now, I think that you've actually seen a similar article in your uh, in your travels as well, right? I do. And we can get to it after years. But there is a a similar but different race related Danzig article that we can get to. Interesting. Okay. It says, uh, Danzig has sparked a major outrage just before the release of the new Danzig album, Four, concerning a track which will not even appear on the record. The number in question, White Devil Rise, deals with the sensitive political and racial issues of black power and sees the uncompromising Danzig launching a scathing attack on such organizations as the Nation of Islam, an ultra-radical organization which has already caused a furor in the United States with its vehemently pro-black standpoint. 
although there is yet no official explanation for the omission of the track from the album recorded by vocalist Danzig, bassist Erie Vaughn, guitarist John Christ, and drummer Chuck Biscuits, rumors are abounding that the number was deemed too radical for inclusion. On the sensitive subject of White Devil Rise, Danzig has been quoted in American magazine BAM as being particularly unhappy with the way general media covers the white black racial issue and has attempted to redress the balance in the lyrics of the song. Danzig says, It bothers me that it's alright for people to say black power, and it's not alright for somebody to say white power. It's like white people aren't allowed to be proud that they're white, but black people and Hispanic are red Indian people, whatever. They're all allowed to be proud. It's a, what the fuck? It's a double standard and it's bullshit. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of all the double standards. Although such sentiments may be deemed controversial, Glenn Danzig is used to headlines. He was a member of the seminal, outrageous punk outfit, The Misfits, and became notorious during the 80s the leader of Samhain. During his time in the Metallica-approved band, the singer was plagued by constant accusations of holding satanic beliefs and practicing them, charges which have continued to be leveled at the self-styled Evil Elvis since the inception of the Danzig Band. In further controversial escapades, Danzig have also dabbled in the seedy world of sadomasochism and sexual fetishism. The quartet's video for the song, It's Coming Down, featured Glenn walking a man dressed in leather bondage clothing whose legs had been amputated, fueling yet more speculation about the bizarre nature of the man's private life. People think that if you write a song about eating people, then you must be a cannibal, Danzig explained. Does that mean that anybody who's ever written about a book about cannibalism is a cannibal? Despite the controversy surrounding White Devil Rise, 4 looks to become the biggest Danzig album to date. That is not true. Their, no. live, their live version of Mother, taken from 93's Thrall Demon Sweat Live EP, but originally released in studio uh, form in 1988, was a monstrous hit for the band. An insider suggests that songs on four, including Little Whip, Dominion, and Can't Speak, are among the strongest ever recorded by the four-piece. <laughs> what do you think? I actually have the lyrics for that song. Yeah? White devil rise. You speak my name. I do not mind. To give me credit is so kind. I'm flattered that I have your fear. You wake the sleeping demon here. White devil rise. I hear the lies brotherhood at my side you call me white you bet i am now see my beast rise up in flames white devil rise stare at the ashes of the ages stand the devil up inside pray to a god that cannot help you my beast will feast upon his eyes white devil rise interesting what do you make of that it could have been worse i guess i guess it could have been worse like, it's obvious what he's singing about, but sure. I, it, it could have been extra stupid. And this is only moderately stupid. Yeah, he's, he's not like a r- smart guy or nothing. So, yeah, that could have been could have been really bad. I'm just reminded of around the same time, maybe a year or two after this song, uh, I found it was Slayer being interviewed, I think, by MTV. And Kerry King was wearing a shirt with the Confederate battle flag. Mm-hmm. And it said, like, you have your ex, referring to Malcolm X. Yeah. And I have mine. I remember that. Uh, that King. That's, that's worse than this. I no, feel. absolutely. But also, Kerry King is, like, actually racist. So <laughs> uh, he wrote, like, Ditto Head and stuff. Um, <clears throat> no, I, I do like these bits uh, where it's like, 
you know, Danzig had, uh, you know, a, a guy uh, in, in bondage in a video and people are speculating wildly as if Danzig isn't just a guy that likes comically huge fake tits. Like, that's the extent of his thing. <laughs> like, he isn't the most basic horny guy from northern New Jersey. Exactly. Yeah. He, oh, he likes leather. Whoa. He must be <laughs> evil. It was a different time back then, you know? Um, yeah, I... Uh, Lots of lots of things going on here, but four was definitely not the uh, the strongest ever recorded by Danzig. <laughs> no, not true. Some would say it's where everything went wrong. Um, I so yeah, again, that's not the the subject of this show or not. Then I just you know I see something, I gotta say something. You have a laugh at it, you know. Well, it's just interesting that you found that and completely separate from me. I found something else from a different magazine at a different time. It is. How far apart are we here? This is, well, initially I found a letter sent to Hit Parader in early 1995 Ah. that led me to dig out the article itself. So I could read the letter first. Please. And it's titled Danzig Misunderstood. As I read the March issue regarding Glenn Danzig, I was shocked that now after he's been labeled so many other ridiculous things, He's also accused of being racist, built up on the fact that he's proud of being white. I've seen many other races who go around preaching how proud they are of their race while wearing clothing, bolding, printing their beliefs, yet that's okay. It's obvious that the people who are stirring up these rumors and wild accusations probably have no life, doesn't understand the lyrics, are possibly scared of someone they're unable to understand, or maybe they're just jealous. I would like to tell them to get a life, have some actual proof to back you up, try to broaden your minds to something different, or just find a hobby. I can't believe there are people, so-called fans, who feel that Danzig is selling out because they've done videos for MTV. If they paid more attention throughout the years, they might have realized that Danzig is the least likely band to sell out to anybody. From what I've learned about Glenn, he does things his way or no way, unlike 99% of the bands today who have already sold out and are no longer around or do everything built around other standards as if they're puppets without minds of their own. Just look at how long it's taken Danzig to put videos on MTV. Maybe it's taken Danzig a while to finally achieve the acknowledgement they've earned and deserve, but they've gotten it on their terms. Now that just... this. This that is, kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, this is, well, I mean, number one, this is the most dick-riding thing I've ever heard in my life. This guy is the number one Glenn Danzig fan. And um, so just seeing that that kind of random talking about his race thing, maybe dig into it and find that March 1995 issue of Hit Parader with the cover of the article, Danzig, Dealing with the Devil. And the choice pull quote on it. I've heard that's I've heard that I'm some sort of racist just because I'm proud of being white. And the article at least has this little clip. All the while Glenn Danzig was enjoying every moment in the spotlight, and spotlight spelled wrong. <laughs> After so long a struggle just to get his viewpoints and his music heard, being swept up in such a frenetic media hurricane was more than he could have hoped for. I've It's been a very interesting experience, he said with a sly grin. I've listened to and read just about everything that's been said about us. Some of it's been fair, 
some of it has been rather ridiculous. I've heard that I'm some sort of racist just because I state that I'm proud of being white. I've never said anything against the blacks or Hispanics, and I certainly mean them no harm. But... Here we go. Here we go. But why should I be criticized for for stating pride in what I am? Somebody must speak up for the white man in the country. Fucking finally. Thank you. (laughs) Well, everyone slow down. Danzig's here to set us straight. (laughs) Um, Isn't he like like Italian in his whole thing? Italian from northern New Jersey. Wouldn't he like glom on to like I'm 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 Italian rather than like I am a nondescript white. I thought I thought they were really proud of being a slightly uh, you know saltier white, uh, slightly more flavored white. It's anti-Italian pride discrimination. I guess so. Uh, I mean, perhaps he hadn't found himself at that time as his Italian heritage, and he was just more focused on the color of his skin than the content of his character. Suppose that is the case. Uh, real dumb guy shit. Um, I think in the years since, he learned to kind of shut the fuck up a little bit. Uh, he's taking your advice specifically. Because <laughs> uh, uh, he comes up in uh, in more uh, these metal mags throughout the 90s, and his answers get shorter and shorter, and he starts saying things like, no, that's private, or I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> A PR person, probably from his record label, got to him. And uh, you know what? That's a good move. They deserve a raise. A band should probably do that more. Or at least like watch a YouTube video once you're done watching Ben Shapiro for hours on end. Don't say this. Say this instead. Learn how to use certain phrases like off the record or on background. (laughs) Um, but then again, if people did that, we wouldn't have anything to talk about on the show. Um, I've got more, uh, more, uh, classifieds here, uh, more personal ads from this same issue of raw, if you're okay with that. Sure. Uh, this is, uh, the pen pal section of raw 1994, uh, starting off here at twisted Gothic female. Mm. Uh, 16 into Sepultura seeks male pen pals contact my full name and address right here <laughs> which is wild I don't think people would do that nowadays do you I would hope not and they just do it in a different way they don't write it down but they'll go on TikTok and show where they live in their school and they'll say their full name so it's a, a different sort of way of giving all of your information I guess that's true we have another one here. It says, male 16 seeks female pen pals 16 plus into Def Leppard, Metallica, Megadeth, Joe Satriani, O Odin, Ziabe Kad Yonkasit, address in Turkey. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know any of those pants. <laughs> you, you hit a certain point where you go, huh? What? Ooh. Ah, Turkey. That makes sense now. <laughs> That's an undiscovered sort of heavy metal scene the turkish heavy metal scene i gotta i'm not familiar with a single turkish metal band i know like a couple of turkish guitarists but that's as far as we're getting there uh let's see female vampire there's a lot of those i I suppose going around female vampire seeks male 20 to 26 in south wales into black metal uh i hope that this lady found uh cradle of filth yeah cradle of filth (laughs) Um, funk, female funky banana seeks psychedelic <laughs> starfruits. 
I hope she found happiness. I, I, she's, she did. It's called weed. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for her. God bless. Uh, I, I just love the way that, and this is probably my favorite of all of the uh, classified sections that I've seen. Just how how creatively people describe themselves. Stunning glam babe, 19, with long hair tattoos, seeks dream glam male, 20 to 30. Um, Whip-cracking babe, 21, seeks long-haired males into Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, etc. Pick gets responds. Um, Two females, 16, into grunge, seeking Eddie Vedder (laughs) lookalikes. I'm sure that was easy enough to find. Yeah, then 1994, definitely. Uh, long-haired sheepdog seeks rock bitches into <laughs> anthrax, faith no more, and poison. <laughs> and you know, at that time, he probably did. I would say so. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, well, we can we can call it with this section here. It's kind of more of the same. I just I don't think you're gonna get stronger than funky female banana seeking a psychedelic starfruit. And I I hope she found happiness, like I said. I hope it was just like a, a cornucopia of fruit salad. <laughs> uh, the thing that I think really uh, made these uh, these sections great was if you weren't selling anything, if you were just like posting to find like a girlfriend or whatever, most of these mags would not charge you. It was free to post like as long as you fe- followed like the the parameters that these magazines set out. And I think that's that's just good for, you know, everybody. That's good for the readers. That's good for the magazine themselves. Yeah, it was good for the magazine because people would buy the next issue and the next issue to see the classified sections or if they got any sort of responses. Oh, yeah. And uh, especially with some of these, uh, you find people leaving... I get the equivalent of uh, misconnections, hoping like, hey, I saw you at the show, You, this is you, contact me here. And then, of course, the other ones that are completely opaque to anybody else that sees them, like my little uh, turkey strike, uh, it's me, your bundle of matches. Like, what the fuck are you people talking about? Speaking in code here. <laughs> <laughs> I miss our long nights. Give me a call. Yeah, essentially. Um, there's a replacement song I really like where the lyrics consist entirely of uh, like the band just uh, singing the, the lines to things that they found in classifieds and like the local Minnesota Alt Weekly. <laughs> it's a really good song. <laughs> I feel like that was uh, maybe not constant thing for like rock and like hard rock bands in the 90s mm-hmm. and a little bit in the 80s, but like to use found poetry for lack of a yeah. better term whether it's getting from classified ads or like using wrong phone calls and messages left on your answering machine. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's an entire cottage industry out of that one. Like, uh, yeah, like filter trip like I do. Yeah. And I think tool did that as well. And a couple other bands. Yep. And that's just, that's gone because no one makes phone calls anymore. It's fucked. Uh, we, I mean, the the phone is essentially destroyed as a tool of communication thanks to fucking telemarketing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't answer any phone calls. No, why would I? I, I it's never anybody I know. It's just going to be some motherfucker telling me that my PC has a virus. And it's like, motherfucker, I have a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> one time, uh, my dad got a, a phone call from one of those people and uh, with a heavy... Uh, Indian accent and my dad knew a bunch of Indian curse words <laughs> and he played it up for a little bit like oh you know let me just get my 
my wallet to give you my credit card now and then curse them out in Hindi. I love that. That's uh, that's so good. <laughs> so back to some of these little clips I found. Uh, don't know which magazine this is from, but it doesn't really matter. Lars Ulrich. I have a girlfriend that looks like you. Do you wear a lot of makeup? Are you always in the studio? <laughs> I have heard the Metallica sound, and it's a good sound. <laughs> but you look like my girlfriend. <laughs> she is a very pretty girl, about 26 years old. The only difference is that you have a beard sometimes. Good luck, and rock and roll. Incredible. From Anonymous. Incredible. I hope that that young man made an incredible discovery about himself later on. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those, you're so close to getting the answer. (laughs) Um, I don't, it's not that I think Lars is like an unattractive man. It's just definitely not my thing, I don't think. So here's a maybe somewhat similar and in a similar vein one. I want to know which side of the family Dave Mustaine gets his gorgeous face and body from. (laughs) Either way, I want to thank his parents. They did a great job. And that comes from Slave to Dave Forever from South Hempstead, New York. Oh, my God. Slave to Dave Forever. (laughs) I love that so much. What do you have any idea what year this was? Uh, judging by the quality of what this scan is from, probably around mid to late 80s. This is like post-Metallica, Megadeth okay. era. Yeah. All right. I mean, like for a while there, he was uh, he was not an unhandsome man. The years have been cruel. <laughs> Here's another one. This is a pen banger. I'm a homicidal, suicidal, schizophrenic thrasher with a calcium deposit in my medulla that causes me to go apeshit whenever I hear anything that sounds like it's doing 150 in a 30-mile-per-hour zone. I have over 600 mutilating speed thrash-slash-punk death tapes for trade. Also, VHS, in parentheses NTSC, videos of Slayer, Old Metallica, Megadeth, Motorhead, and hardcore punk bands. Your list gets mine, so slam and dive over to the nearest mailbox. Please, if you're in love with Vince Neil or Queen Diamond, <laughs> save your stamp and go die. Jesus. <laughs> Rx Bill Merkins, 19 Washington Avenue, Glenhead, New York. Uh, I would like to t- trade tapes with this huge moron. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those things where you buy something sight unseen and it's like 500 copies of Godzilla on VHS. I feel like you would get the same sort of thing from this guy. (laughs) I think that's about right. Yes. Uh, big fan of that. Um, uh, let's see. Wanted. And this is from uh, raw issue of, uh, from 1992. It says wanted here. Horny, mini-skirted, stocking-clad female rocker by energetic metal guy, 26, to please and tease and have Mm. fun with. Photo guarantees reply. That's one of the unsexiest terms ever, tease and please. Uh, Would it make you even better to let you know that he misspelled both tease and please? I think that does make me feel a little bit better. Horny, mini-skirted, stocking-clad female rocker. Like, I want to see what this... He's very detailed here. I would like to see what his Google (laughs) searches history is like. (laughs) 
lots of feet and footwear. Yeah, you're probably right there. Uh, it's right next to this one, which I think is maybe one of the most confusing uh, requests I've ever seen. It says, a reg Aston Martin, excellent bodywork, three previous owners, needs some attention, seeks Christine, rock and roll, glamour baby. Photo and MOT, please. What the fuck does that mean? Christine, like the evil car? That's what I, that's what I thought. He's, he's making a comparison. Or she, I don't know if it's a he or a she, but it's a, a nice car. Uh, that has three previous owners but needs attention, seeks Christine, rock and roll glamour baby. It's completely impenetrable to me. Perhaps there was someone named Christine at the time that was popular in the heavy metal scene somewhere, perhaps in a music video or meant like Christy Brinkley. Maybe? I don't know. This is very, very confusing to me. Uh, next to it is, um, an ad for, uh, the official Red Dwarf fan club. <laughs> uh, it must've been a big fan club. Yeah. And the, uh, official Steve Val, uh, fan club. I think that might've been a typo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. It must be these new dentures. So I have, uh, a picture from Kick-Ass Magazine in 1984. God, I love this. Metallica Metal Militia Membership. Ooh. One-year membership, $5. Includes official membership certificate, quarterly newsletter, personalized autograph band photo, and future membership benefits. You can also get merchandise directly from their fan group. A Kill 'Em All t-shirt, full-color, two-sided black t-shirt with cover art, work on front, Bang that head on the back for $10. M-U-Y-A t-shirt, metal up your ass. Black with white logo and M-U-Y-A, $8. That's a good deal. Enamel badge, $3. Button, $1. Sew on patch, $4. Send check or money order payable to Metallica Metal Militia, 345 West Riverside Drive, Roseburg, Oregon. Please add, you know, for shipping overseas. You can purchase Metallica's debut album, Kill 'em All, on Megaforce Records at finer record stores nationwide. Watch for the new single, Jump in the Fire, with live Seek and Destroy. You know, gotta say, there's a reason why Metallica were so successful. I mean, aside from, like, the music and stuff, they were hustling here. <laughs> That is all like extremely affordable, and I'm sure if anyone still had any of this now, you could sell it for a lot of money. Oh yeah, for sure. But I mean, like, that's good hustle. That's real good hustle. Uh, and again, yeah, like you said, good prices. Um, as I was scrolling through a 1988 issue of Raw to get to the classifieds, I came across a column called, uh, sorry, an article called Sood's Corner. Uh, which meant something entirely different to me, <laughs> just in my head. Uh, I thought it's it was like Sue Sue Studio. I was thinking about like Jordan Peterson types, like people that are pretending to be intellectuals. Uh, but no, it's pseudonym is what they were referring to. Mm. Uh, it says here, ever bug the balls off a hotel receptionist trying to find out what room a certain megastar is occupying, knowing full well they're in there somewhere, only to be told they're not. 
course you have, because the crafty buggers all check in under pseudonyms. Jordan, have you ever bothered a hotel somewhere because you thought somebody uh, you knew might be there? And one of my biggest missions in life is not to bug anyone. Yeah, same. <laughs> Just to make myself as small as possible to not upset anyone or make them feel how I feel most of the time. <laughs> so no, I've never done that. So uh, let's see. They, they've set this up into sections here of these these uh, musicians uh, and the names that they go by when they're checked into a hotel. Uh, it says the first one is uh, those who spend more time in front of a TV than in front of their dressing room mirror. Uh, pseudonym Gr- Dick Grayson. Uh, that would be. Who, do you know who Dick Grayson is? Yes, that would be Robin. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Robin Crosby of Rat. So I mean, that's fairly clever there because his name is Robin. Uh, Bruce Wayne. Uh, that's Stephen Piercy of Rat. Uh, Tex Johnson is uh, Warren Demartini of Rat. And uh, Cal Worthington is a Juan Crucier of Rat. Who the fuck is Cal Worthington? Uh, I do not know. I, I just find it funny that the guys from Rat that aren't the singer, or maybe the guitarist, are like, oh, people can't know who I am. <laughs> it might have been a different time, man. Uh, people I'm been... sure there were people that just wanted any piece of the band and would be more than happy to uh, slob the knob of the second bass player from Rat. That's, uh, that's true. Um, let's see. We have... Uh... Joe Perry of Aerosmith, uh, do you know what he briefly went to buy when he was checking into hotels? Uh, Peter Parker. Tony Montana. Ugh. Yeah. Sniff. Yep. Yep. Uh, Alice Cooper has gone by a lot of different things, one of which was Mr. Barlow, uh, as you might recall from Salem's Lot. Uh, and also uh, Jason Voorhees. Uh, which, you know, of course. Subtle. Uh, occasionally went by Maurice Escargot, chosen because it sounded like bumbling movie character Inspector Clouseau, played by the late Peter Sellers. Sellers and Alice Cooper were good friends. Uh, and, uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Brian Johnson uh, used to go as Phil McCavity. Uh, Tommy, it should have been Phil McCracken. That's I, the more better known one. I know, right? Uh, Tommy Lee's to go is uh, Peter Gozinia. Uh, Dick Long, uh, used by several members of Motley Crue. No, so I could have been in Motley Crue is what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, Dick Head, Jack Off, Mike Hunt. Those were all Motorhead, uh, you know, choices. They, they, they use way too many. I don't think that many people were trying to get in Motorhead's, uh, you know, hotel room. Do you? Just desperately wanting to see Filthy Animal in the buff. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Brett Michaels uh, would go as Ben Dover from time to time. Uh, Bobby Dahl as Hugh Rection. Uh, and Phil Collin of Depp Leopard uh, often going as P. Nuss. Penis. You get it? Okay. All right. It was penis. Yeah, it was. How about you? You find any good features? Uh, I have uh, a few more uh, letters sent to the editor. I want to start by saying that I love your magazine 
and I hope that every time Tipper Gore walks into a store, there is an issue staring her in the face. I am in the army, anti-tank section, and I would love to use Tipper as a target the next time we live fire our missiles. Oh, God. I can't believe this woman has nothing better to do than to go around trying to spread communism. <laughs> she is everything we are trained to kill. Oh, wow. I don't think most people understand what a threat Mrs. Gore is to our freedom. This is in the 90s, by the way. Yeah. But no, this no, could be that, written today. That definitely checks out, yeah. Others will come after her, except with a little more power. Before you know it, the heaviest music you will be able to buy legally will be Stevie Wonder. Tipper, you're treading in deep water. Stop fucking with our freedom. I'm prepared to give my life for this country, <sighs> and it makes me sick you're a part of it. Why don't you go live in a communist nation so that the rest of us who enjoy our freedom don't have to listen to your shit? Michael J. DeVito, Dragon Gunner, United States Army. I love, I love that he included his full name there. Michael J. DeVito, if he was not killed in a friendly fire incident, is surely like a school board representative in some shithole county in New Jersey, right? Oh, yeah, he's working for the school board or town council or is like the mayor of some no-horse town that he's just bleeding dry. Um, yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, uh, he's he's corrupt to the gills, and yet he still finds time under his uh, full name and picture with his whole family uh, from his Facebook account uh, to comment on Newsmax articles about how he's going to, quote, like, kill that bitch Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a couple of funny ones from Kerrang! that were gathered by uh, at Mosher Mag, which is uh, kind of doing the same thing as like what we're doing now, but more for like 2000s and I believe more British-based heavy metal magazines. So this comes from them. And it's this letter is labeled as Best of Friends. Great news. I was just on Napster and I came across a song with Slipknot featuring Korn's Jonathan Davis. I never ever thought that Slipknot and Korn would team up. I thought they hated each other. When I first heard it, I did have my doubts. The beat didn't sound like Slipknot at all. The drums were too slow and too low, but when the vocals came in, I knew that it was genuine. The song is called Look At Me. Why not check it out? Also, Korn's new song is available on Napster. It's called Planets, and Slipknot's new song... People Equal Shit is also available. Check it out. I have been praying for the day when Slipknot and Korn would team up, and that day has finally come. The biggest Korn and Slipknot fan, Tom Williams. And there's a response from the editor. We know nothing of Korn-Slipknot collaboration. We fear you have been duped. I'm... He, uh, yeah, he definitely fell for the uh, the oldest trick in the book, uh, which is the mislabeled song, Um detachable penis uh, by any number of artists that it was not actually by <laughs> it's only king missile that's the only real one yep but it did remind me of uh in the early days of napster a friend of mine had a cd burner and i didn't have one and he put together a whole bunch of metal songs for me and i asked him if he could do people equal shit on there and he thought that's what it was but it was not it was a different song one that I do not know who it is, and I've always been curious to find out like who this song is actually from. Because it wasn't half bad, and it was very like Slipknot soundy, but it's just one of those funny little time capsules of where 
young heavy metal fans were trying to get any music they could off the internet. I know and that someone out due. there is deeply familiar with with what you're talking about here, so hopefully they'll be able to give you an answer in the comments. I mean, maybe I'll just have to like download Shazam and hope for the best or type out all the lyrics and throw up a tweet like, someone please help me, and they could find out. Like One of the members is now the principal of a high school. Oh. I um I was also looking at uh, uh, shit, Mosher Mags because you sent it to me earlier. I saw this this gem there, uh, just a little square from I suppose uh, Kerrang um, says um, uh, Slipknot versus Godsmack. Uh, quote uh, from Sully Erna here: I can't stand Slipknot. I'm sorry, I just hate them. The jumpsuits are pointless and the masks are gay. I can't stand the speed metal thrash metal crap they speed play. Metal. I just don't like them at all. Uh, Corey Taylor responds, if he ever fucking says anything to me, I'll fucking poke his eyes out and skull fuck the little bastard because I don't even fucking care anymore, dude. He doesn't mean shit to me. Those fucking kids mean everything to me. And when somebody who doesn't even fucking get it wants to talk shit, wants to hide behind all that, he's a coward. Cast all the spells you want, you little wicked cocksucker. I don't care. <laughs> Bravo, Corey. Bravo. <laughs> Just like unnecessarily harsh. <laughs> like Sully went for like a little elbow jab and Corey Taylor went right for the throat. Really good stuff. I really enjoyed that. <clears throat> uh, cut an absolute promo on him. Another one from Masher Mags. Here's mud in your eye. I recently heard Mudvayne's debut album, LD50. What a fucking ripoff. Don't even compare the fuckwits with Slipknot. Mudvayne look like shit. And one last thing, why the cheap face paint? Can't you afford masks? And that is from John R. John, you have some points here. Um, <clears throat> interesting stuff. Uh, I also have a, a metal hammer from 1997 which actually has some pen bangers in it, which I think is the latest ones that I have here. Uh, insane, depressed female into Marilyn Manson, Cradle of Filth, Emperor, looking for males, 12-plus photo appreciated. And I'm pretty sure that I had chemistry with this girl. <laughs> I mean, I was in <laughs> chemistry class with this girl. <laughs> um, that was a definite type that I don't think exists anymore, man. Probably not. It's for the best. I have another one here that is fully baffling to me. Can I read this to you? Go for it. Uh, from 1980, 1988, uh, UK Metal Mag, it says, Heavy Metal, Hard Rock, Maniac, Nice But Naughty, with tickets, front row, for Metallica, Halloween, Maiden, etc., seeks non-smoking, slim, hairy, no-beards-please, rock goddess, Age, color, glasses, PhD, not important. Celtic, Kate Bush slash Doro lookalike, veggie banger living in London area, particularly welcome. What does that mean to you? I am so desperately lonely, I will take anyone or anything just to touch me. <laughs> uh, that's There is a preventive... Uh, pervasive uh, sense of loneliness that comes from a lot of these. I mean, everybody's lonely, but some of these are just 
lonely plus desperate, you know? <laughs> I mean, I understand it, but th- there is a way to do it without coming off like that. Uh, agreed. Um, have you, uh, have you been, oh, fuck man. Sorry. I just, this one popped across my eyes here and I, I don't know what to do with this now. Tiger male seeks dragon female for rock dancing, pubs, clubs, and all forms of, and this is an old bold naughtiness. <laughs> Your photo and letter gets mine. Tell me you have a mall bought samurai sword without telling me. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Whew. Um, have you seen any of these uh, that include like uh, wanted for like band members? Oh yeah, I've seen some of those. It's usually the ones I've seen have been pretty bland, like nothing particularly interesting, or you know, wanting to sound like Metallica and Megadeth or and Saxon, something like that. Yeah, um, some a lot of these are like we are signed, we have management, etc. We need a vocalist, we need a drummer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I was just thinking about how many of these bands were like signed, quote unquote, to somebody that was just bleeding them dry. <laughs> Or they had a friend who has a friend who knows the guy who runs a label. Exactly, exactly. Um, You know, in addition to all of this, you have, uh, you know, your stuff for sale, uh, lots of metal merch. Uh, There's the Bolt Thrower official merchandise uh, P.O. box. Uh, And then my favorite here, photo identity cards, convenient size, security sealed with your photograph. (laughs) Uh, send $4 with your name, address, birth date, uh, plus a p- passport size photo to this address in London. <laughs> uh, lots of good things came of that, I think. That's pretty neat. Just a few missing kidneys. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, what, what, what else you got here? Here's an ad that I want to do some more research on. Win a record deal. Metal Blade Records and MP3.com. Ooh. Metal Blade Records Inc. and MP3.com Inc. are holding the Metal Search 2000 contest in which one winning band will secure a highly coveted record deal with Metal Blade Records. All metal artists are invited to enter. All metalheads are summoned to listen. Visit MetalSearch2000.MP3.com for details, updates, rules, and regulations. I want to know who won that. I, like I, I feel like it's as I lay dying, but it might have been too early. It could have been, though. And here's the thing. like We should be able to track this down. We might need some help, but we should be able to track this one down. Like I'm almost tempted to post it on social media and tag Brian Slagle to see if he'll answer. I mean, yeah, you probably have better rapport than, with him than I do. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should do that. <laughs> You can't be mean to all these people because they're going to remember. I, I know. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> but then sometimes we need help with this, and I, that's why you got to be the good boy. That's true. I am the default good boy. Uh, here is an article, um, I believe, from the early 2000s. And I'm going to read the whole article just so there's context for it. But it, it, it surrounds uh, Fenris. Mm-hmm. Paradise Lost attacked whilst on tour in Norway. A bomb goes off during a deicide gorefest gig in Stockholm on November 25th. Christopher, vocalist with Swedish band Therion, has his home attacked. These have been just a few of the publicized incidents recently, all apparently perpetrated by a shadowy underground satanic organization, apparently called 
the Black Metal Mafia, (laughs) who are allegedly trying to rid death metal of non-satanic values. Well, now the truth can be revealed, and it is rather more sinister and worrying than many may have believed. This has nothing to do with the music business. Religion is the main thing here. Religion mixed with music is pure dynamite. It can brainwash people, which is fantastic. We feel that in a perfect world, religion should be allowed to suppress people. We hold fascist opinions. Mm -hmm. Peace and happiness in the world are our enemies. Speaking is one Fenris, drummer with Norwegian black metal trio Dark Throne, a man who openly admits to belong to an organization who he claims are, quote, music's answer to the IRA. He wouldn't name anyone else involved nor give the name of the terrorist group, but he left me in no doubt that he not only condones violent action against those who would oppose his views, but has also taken part in such activities. We've done lots of things, yes, but I have to be careful because I'm in Dark Throne. So whilst I wouldn't say that I haven't taken part in attacks on people, I much prefer to incite others to do the work. Anyone who stands up and says religion is fooling people is my enemy. There should be no room for individual thought in the world. Fenris seems to want the imposition of a dark age where Christianity and Satanism can fight it out and the innocent bystanders suffer in the process. He seems to have no compassion, even metaphorically shrugging shoulders, when I asked him what his reaction would be if he heard of someone who publicly incited a crowd to kill his parents. To his mind, religion should be manipulative and used for its power, not for its healing qualities. I know a lot of bands attack TV evangelists in their lyrics, but those people are great. They are sucking money from old people and fooling them, which is wonderful. And what's wrong with using violence? If you read the Bible, it was never wrong in God's eyes. As for specifics, Fenris openly calls Therion, quote, the worst, (laughs) and does not even attempt to deny taking part in the aforementioned attack. He does disavow all knowledge of the Paradise Lost incident, but never condemns it. As for the bomb blast, he initially claims it has nothing to do with his organization and then says, quote, it was probably the Swedish part of the thing. (laughs) He then goes on to state, we had to take DSI bassist vocalist Glenn Benton in for a talk. We wanted to know if he was true evil or just a media hype. And the man is pure evil. He has a, an evil enough reason for doing things. When pressed as to exactly how he would define this concept of true evil, Fenris seems at a loss. Upon being asked if this concept would include Benton resorting to the violent means, which seemed so much a part of Fenris's philosophy, the drummer states, He can't do that sort of thing because that would affect his career and vision. Hmm. Perhaps the most ironic moment of all came when Fenris admitted that he was worried the police might catch up with them. Quote, we think it would be wrong for the police to come down on our necks. So far, they haven't touched us because they are a product of democracy. I don't believe there is much that needs to be said about the situation. Fenris stands condemned out of his own mouth. Personally, as someone who abhors censorship, I respect the man's right to his opinion, odious though it may be. However, when the same man openly professes being party to violent attacks on those who oppose his views, then I believe something should be done. I've always championed the rights of extreme metal bands to use satanic imagery in their lyrics and stage shows if they so wish. As such, I feel that Femris and his ilk also claim to include Euronymous, of fellow Norwegian band Mayhem, are doing a massive disservice to the genre. More importantly, they are claiming to be engaged in acts of terrorism and getting away with it. Don't be fooled into believing that this man represents something exciting and attractive. He does not. 
and that comes from Malcolm Dome. Interesting stuff here. Um, you know, suppose uh, the beginning of the, until the light takes us, uh, you show Fenra is getting like his uh, what tears uh, his uh, tear spray like confiscated. Tear gas, the, yeah, tear gas confiscated by the police. Um, I don't know, man. He uh, he is the smiling uh, GIF guy from Twitter, so he probably didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, he takes funny pictures with cats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, all of that stuff sounds super, super dumb to me. I don't know about you. And it fits in with a lot of that scene and people from that scene. It does. Uh, really, really impenetrably stupid, I would say. Can I um, <clears throat> share some uh, some other stuff with you here? Some, sure. Some lighter fare, I suppose. The uh, 1990, I think this is the February issue of Kerrang. Uh, the Classifieds is completely filled with misconnections uh, from the Donington Festival. It's almost 90% like, I saw you at the Donington Festival, we talked, I want to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Were you at Donington? Your name, Ian, from Aldershot, my Bobby doll lookalike. I kicked you in the face when you helped me out. Please contact Fiona from Bristol. <laughs> just being named Ian at a heavy metal festival in the UK, that's just like John from America. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, uh, I Yeah, all of these, Donington, we were, we were drinking, we were smoking, we had fun. Uh, this one here just said, Spud and Scoos rocked till they dropped Donington 1990. I think I would like to be friends with Spud and Scoos. I'm sure they're accountants now. Uh, almost certainly. Um, let's see. Squirt. I had uh -oh. to... <laughs> Squirt. I had to give you up, but I still love you. Remember, I married you first. David. Why the fuck did you put that in Kerrang, dude? <laughs> Because Squirt's just a big Kerrang reader and is definitely going to see it with their new husband. I <laughs> uh, here's one from Kerrang in 1992. Probably my favorite one, uh, to be honest with you. Attractive, intelligent male, 26, into American rock. Seeks fun-loving female for gigs and sharing outrageous leggings. Outrageous leggings, bold and in caps, by the way. Leopard print and zebra print. <laughs> um, oh, I, from another one here, uh, the headline here says, uh, Gaggin for a shaggin? Mm. Long-haired, cute-ass dude, 23, needs horny leather and lace rock chick to play with 18+. So, <clears throat> this led me down a rabbit hole. <laughs> Uh, I was not familiar with this because I never read Kerrang! in the early 90s, uh, up to, I think, the late 90s when they were doing this. Uh, but gagging for a shaggin uh, was a common uh, term used by Kerrang! specifically in these short little interviews with artists. One of the questions they would ask you, who is gagging for a shaggin? <laughs> so they, they asked these uh, musicians, like, essentially... Uh, who, who you would like to have sex with, I guess, but that's, but they also ask who would you like to see naked? So I don't know. It's just an incredibly horny and incredibly 
crude. <laughs> I don't In- incredibly British. I don't I do not care for this gagging for a shagging thing. I just it's awful, awful to me. Just hands on your hips, disapproving of Kerrang's usage of the English language. Or I would just say, like, if Kerrang had, like, an American arm of it, if they would ask somebody, who's hurting for a squirting? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go to Bone Town? Tell us, guys from Godsmack. Ugly Kid Joe. <laughs> um, guys from Tad, who wants to fuck? Yeah. Uh, really, really wholly disgusting to me. So, of course, I had to share that with all of you, you know? <laughs> and now you know about it, and it's in your head. I'm probably going to title this episode Gagging for a Shag, and if that's okay with you. <laughs> Great. You might as well. People will probably listen to it more. That's true. That's true. They'll look at it and go, hmm, I suppose. It's just a shame that they're going to have to wait so long uh, to get to the gag into the shagging content. It's just teasing and pleasing. Um, under here, Musicians Wanted in a 1991 issue of Kerrang! It says, Sticks Man Jacqueline Trash. And I'm going to go ahead and slow down here. Sticks, S-T-I-X-X, mm-hmm. Man, M-A-N-N, Jacqueline, J-A-K-L-I-N, Trash, spelled like you would expect. So Sticks Man Jacqueline Trash is currently looking for musicians or band in L.A. Guns, Motley Crue, Vane... For info, contact flat to Newport Gwent. He was probably in what was it, Pickles Band from Metalocalypse, <laughs> Razzmatazz. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, pretty good stuff. I hope nothing but good things happen to Sticksman Jacqueline Trash. Uh, any anything else that you want to try to get on on this episode here? Uh, I could fit in a few more. Sure. Here is. A review from Metal Forces of Carnivore, and uh, I believe a live set of Carnivore, and Carnivore is spelled wrong. A local Brooklyn band, Carnivore, featuring six foot eight tall Big Pete on bass and vocals, recently played at Zappa's, and during the set, Pete pulled out a 12-inch knife and slashed his arm and then carved a cross in his face and let the blood drip on stage while they played. Certainly a band to keep an ear out for. But not too far unless you want it cut off. Hey. Uh, here is a review from Hot Metal Magazine, April 1992, for White Zombies, La Sexorcisto, Devil Music, Volume 1. All right. White Zombie spits on the grave of the past, yet embraces it with blood-splurting fury, claims the publicity blurb that accompanies the New York band's latest LP. Put it like that, and it sounds like you're in for an impressive concoction of death metal at its most dooming. And there's nothing wrong with that so long as the band in question tries to bring a new aspect of dark rock to the ritual. Unfortunately, La Sexorcisto has little to offer in the way of new innovative material. Opening track, Welcome to the Planet, provides the kind of grinding guitar sounds that set the scene for 15 tracks of much of the same. Doom metal with incoherent Mm -hmm. vocals and lots of harsh yet somehow gloomy guitars. Mm -hmm. To their credit, the band have made some effort to psych things up, but not in the most tasteful way. The agonized groans of a woman being tortured on psychoholic slag are sick to say the least. It continues. You might not appreciate the band's warped humor, 
if you have a weak stomach. As the album progressive, progresses, the music maintains its harsh edge, but nothing changes. I Am the Legend and One Big Crunch stand out as the hardest hitting, but remain too similar to their contemporaries to deserve real credit. Sorry, guys, but this is one of those albums that you can gauge purely by listening to the first few songs. Dark metal fans will probably appreciate it for what it is, but don't expect to find anything original or definitive. Christina Neal, two out of five. Damn, super harsh on that doom metal classic. That like definitely went platinum. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else here. Um, do you want to do two more longer ones? Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay. Just pulling this up here. This is an interview from the early 2000s with John Schaefer. John Schaefer, of all people. Federal inmate 993421, the very same. Still waiting on that picture of him being arrested. Without prodding, the conversation expands, journeying through glorious burden track by track. Oh, good. It's all historically based. The bulk of it is American history. On the American version... It will open with a really heavy version of the Star Spangled Banner. Fuck yeah. It's like a guitar army. We had six guys come in and do snare drum overdubs, so it has a military feel to it. His comments presuppose there will be alternate versions without the American National Anthem. No, they won't have it on there. I thought they'd be pretty arrogant. On the horror show tour, we opened with it, and I always wanted to do a big version that no one I know of had ever done. Hendrix did the Woodstock thing with all the feedback, but no one has done a heavy, melodic version of it. I know I'll get criticism from some people for doing it, but I really don't care. If I was trying to shove it down their throats, I'd put it on all versions. Our country has gone through a hell of a lot in the last couple of years, and some of our biggest fans are guys who are dying out in the field, so we can do what we do. This album, in a lot of ways, is a big tribute to them. The first song on the album is Declaration Day, about the signing of the Declaration of Independence and the Revolution. It's a cool song, a good opener. We've got through that deal with 9-11. The first is When, Eagle, when the Eagle Cries, which is a big power ballad. Just about everyone who has heard it, even the demos I sang on, they got teary-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> it's that emotional oh yeah it definitely is uh here's a quick little blurb from an interview from metal maniacs with bolt thrower, bolt thrower. and metal metal maniacs asked have you ever heard mortician he could be playing on the 24th fret on the highest string and it would still sound like and in brackets making a very low and eight tonal farting noise <laughs> And Bolt Thrower responds, in brackets, laughing. Exactly. For us, it was a nightmare trying to play gigs because there was no onstage sound. You'd obviously get snare and vocals, but there was no real definition of the instruments. After we recorded Realm of Chaos, we actually tuned up higher to play it, so it wasn't identical to what was on the album. I just really wanted to read the atonal farting noise description from Mortician. No, I, I really appreciate that one. So we could finish up the show. It is a portion of an interview from Metal Maniacs with a bath. Okay. And the only way to read this is because there's a back and forth. So I'm going to have to say who is speaking just so everyone can 
fully appreciate what's going on. And I'm actually going to get a sip of water because it is a little long. Ah, okay. A bath. Hmm. Metal maniacs. Hello, may I speak with a bath? Bath responds. Hmm. Who's this? Metal maniacs. It's Marty from Metal Maniacs. We have an interview scheduled for today. Abath. Ah, fuck. The interview. I forgot. There is a party going on here, and we are getting ready to go. <laughs> in brackets. Can't understand him here. Some bar in Bergen. For their 10th anniversary party. Metal Maniacs. So this is a bad time. Would you like to conduct the interview tomorrow at the same time? Abath. Oh, that would be great. So it was done, rescheduled and ready to go. I awaited my next encounter with the blizzard beast himself. The next day arrives, and all I get on the phone for an hour and a half is a pre-recorded message in Norwegian. <laughs> my Norwegian is really rusty, translation non-existent, but I gather it is telling me that the cellular phone customer is not available. <laughs> nice. He turned off his phone. Fuck this. Several days pass, and I am told that Abat now realizes which magazine the interview is for and that he knows how important it is. He wants to reschedule the interview again for the week after. Fine. I'll keep running up my phone bill to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. One week later. Sweet-sounding older lady. Hello? Metal Maniacs. Hello, could I please speak with Abat? The lady who I assume is his mom. <laughs> He's not here right now. Metal Maniacs, in disbelief. He is not there. Black Metal Mommy. No, he went fishing. Hell yes. Metal Maniacs. Fishing. Okay, thank you. I'll try back later. He tries back later. About, once again, no hello. Mmm. Metal Maniacs. Hi, can I speak to Abat, please? Abat. Who's this? Metal Maniacs. Hey, Abat. It's Marty from Maniacs. You are hard as hell to get a hold of. Abat. I just got out of the shower. I'm fucking naked. <laughs> I, I can't find my underwear. <laughs> Metal Maniacs. That does nothing for me, dude. Would you like if I called you back in 15 minutes? I'm nervous now. It sounded like his phone was cracking up, but I finally got the man in one spot. Even though I had visions of pummeling this guy over the course of the previous two weeks, he ended up being a very pleasant gent, eager to discuss the world of Immortal. The phone rang, he answered, and here is what finally transpired. Metal Maniacs. So, did you catch any fish? A bot. Not a single one. God. Metal Maniacs. You're kidding. A bot. Nope. It was Demonez and myself out on the boat with my son. We're out on the sea for two hours. Right now, out on the sea, there is this green shit. So the fish are feeding off that and they don't bite. It's fucking irritating. Uh, I love that. Uh, about is really the man of the people here. Just a funny little slice of life. Really, he's, he's living what I think is my ideal life. Mine is like the chronic alcoholism thing. Just playing metal and doing whatever he wants and being a real big goofball. Yep, that's it. Um, I could uh, give you a few more uh, super silly things here that I found in the classifieds from the early 80s, but 
maybe it's best we close this one out. What do you think? Yeah, save them for next time. Um, if you want to hear more episodes, you can go get them over at the Patreon or just listen to any of the 500 other shows we've done. Fuck, there's enough content, man, already. Come on, give us a break. We are rapidly closing in on the actual 500th episode. Yeah. Yeah. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky, at Joe Thrash and Kill, at 365 Days of Horror. You can email us at toiletofhell at gmail.com. Toil of Hell Radio at gmail.com and sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash Toil of Hell. We are rapidly coming up with new merchandise, new stickers, new t-shirts. Sign up to get first crack at those before they're available to other people. Oh, yeah. Uh, Patreon just opened up like a digital storefront thing as an option, so... Could be, uh, could be an option there. Just thinking out loud. Give us money on Patreon. Give us money on Patreon. We'll see you next time. Bye.
Listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.